This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hey, it's Melissa Rivers, and welcome to Group Text. Stay tuned for a new episode. Welcome to Group Text. Sabrina and I have a fantastic guest today uh, to actually talk about comedy and whether it's dead or alive or on life support. One of my favorite human beings, Bob Saget. Hi, Bob. I love you, Melissa. Hi. I, I love you from afar, Bob. When we are distant, some people are getting together and doing podcasts together. And I'm like, well, what about testing? You know, I went and did Joe Rogan, but I got the test. Right. I did a TV show. I got the test, but this is, I feel safer. How about you? Have you been with people? I have been in my, my, what we like to call the quarantine. I've had that. I have been tested multiple times for work and other things. Um, Also because I'm a neurotic Jew and I feel that it's important to at least sleep a little bit at night. Um, Yeah. You know, it's hard to do if you watch the news and stuff. That's, oh, that's it's impossible. I actually went on a news hiatus. I finally was like, I can't. I can't take it anymore. You know, between. I did too. And then I had a hiatus hernia, which was, I couldn't, I, I started to pull in my crotch from which being is, a hiatus too long. Exactly. I pulled on my crotch from being, something's in there. There's a bad, it's a bad pun no matter what, but it's alliteration. So Exactly. So, you know, I get asked this question all the time and that's sort of what started me thinking about talking to comedians and comic. I mean, I'm using comedians in the generic sense, not the sexist sense, but this is what I'm talking about is I feel like we're not allowed to laugh anymore. I feel like like there's this stranglehold of the cancel culture in PC that ever, that we are literally we are bad people if we laugh at a joke or say something. I think it's hard to find I'm having trouble even with a tweet I'm having trouble finding something that I mean nothing by uh, it's a stupid dad joke or it's something dirty or I measure my penis. Usually that gets likes. Yeah. It's self, it's self-effacing. It's not about me. It's about him. Right. Your other ego. Or her. Or, well, I don't know Whatever. the gender of my penis. But, well, um, can we have a gender reveal party? <laughs> that's what we should do. And either, either pink or blue powder will come out of it. Exactly. Or, or, <laughs> or, like- or it could be, it could be a rainbow powder. <laughs> that would be so cool. How are oh. you? I didn't even see you. How's it going? Everything is lovely, 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 lovely. Always oh, wonderful Sabrina. to see you. You too. I love your paint job there. That's gorgeous. Well, thank you. To answer your question and give you an edit point, there, there, <laughs> there is a counter culture. It's from everywhere, you know. Um, and a lot of stuff I would say would be off road. Like your mom, you know, uh, say stuff that, you know, I, I think about your mom and, and how she would just call people out and make fun of people. But then she would go, oh, come on, it's true. Or, right. or come on, it's just a joke, you know. And then sometimes it would, it would people were sensitive. When I saw your mom last perform, um, it was with Don Rickles and we drove out to somewhere in San Bernardino or something, some casino. I was there. And, and it was real special. Mm-hmm. It was real special. Mm-hmm. But people then called stuff out at both of them 
called stuff out. And, and I remember uh, Joan was like, what? What was that? And that's no way to talk to somebody. And so then the real, your real mm. mom came out, which is I'm doing this from a, a different place. I'm not doing this from a, a place of anger and hatred. So that's the problem where you can't do something. You know, if I do something that's a joke, that's really in poor taste. Um, and I'm trying not to anyway. I'm trying to, I mean, my podcast has been my life. And, and I started before quarantine. I started because I wanted to do one for real. Not because, oh, work's going to stop, so I'm going to do one. We were doing the uh, same thing. Yeah, I know you were. I know. And it's so admirable because people need it. And there aren't, people go, oh, there's so many, there's a million of them. And it's like, that's okay. Everybody's got a voice they want to hear. And it calms them. But, but also it's me, kept us I all have, sane. Yes. And we get to... You get to output, but we also get to intake. I get to listen, which is something, you know, you get to do it when you're performing, when you're doing stand-up, uh, you know, it is a discourse, but it, it, and I do talk to people in the audience also when I'm working, doing that. But there's something now when I do a joke that might be a, considered not right, it takes me two minutes to tee it up, then say it then go through the slings and arrows of their responses and then take two minutes to get out of it. And even with a, something as simple as a tweet, I mean, I'll just take them down. I just don't, I can't do any more hate, you know? But don't you feel like, and, and this is what I think about, and I think about it with myself too, is it stifling creativity? I mean, it's, it's really twofold because I think, you know, you're also, a, most, most standups are also writers. So, it's one and thing thinkers. and thinkers. Well, nah, but in, <laughs> well, I, I, I am unfortunately might not know it sometimes, but no, you know, I'm making the joke, but yeah, I feel yeah, yeah. like you're such a, such a part of the creativity and of growing new acts and humor is the, the discussion it's with the, with the audience, the reaction, the back and forth, the energy. Now it's like, you can't do that with zoom. How do you maintain creativity because sometimes what you're hearing in your head and I know that and Sabrina can tell you that from when she has to edit stuff for me what I think is funny in my head is not going to be funny to other people and until you get out there and go back and forth you don't know how to walk that line or even anymore which my mom always says you don't even really know where the line is right and what I think is happening what I'm learning and I'll never stop learning uh, is we are not chameleons, but we have to go with the flow of the consciousness. So we comedians find a way. They find a way. They find a way to either stay off topic and not go into all of the pain we're all going through and allow people to have some just calm fun um, and, and just relax. And, uh, oh, wow, they're talking about relationships. Oh, there, oh, there's some COVID jokes. Not COVID, but there aren't COVID jokes per se, obviously. Yes. But quarantine jokes. And, you know, how the relationships in quarantine. or Because everything changed. Everybody's saying the same thing. I had a new hour ready to film this year. And I, the hours, half of it's not even there. It's not relevant. But the, but the thing but is, that's it's, what you, have, you have to change with it. You have to change with what people are going through. Well, you just but, edited yourself when you were saying you, you, you autocorrected. You're like, not COVID jokes, quarantine jokes. That's what right. we're doing now. You did that without even thinking about well, because, it. Because it's such a tenuous time. 
that I think, and I talked to someone, I just, uh, D.L. Hughley's coming up on my podcast and he had, he had it. Yes, so he we had were it. joking about it, but, but he's still scarred and he's still getting checked and he had his heart checked. And I just talked to him just now and, and it's, I think it's out any minute. Um, but it affects me. So I'm, I, I'm more emotional. I think we all are. And that's why so many people are so hot blooded and angry because everyone's more emotional. But that hot blood and angry um, works. This is the problem. It works if you have to make a point because voices aren't getting heard. And so um, I'm conscious of a person who's been affected by the disease or has lost someone to the disease. Um, and so that's where I go. Well, it's not a COVID joke because there, it's, there is no time for a COVID joke unless it's, a, it's the right kind of joke. And they, they exist. You know, I mean, a lot of them are sarcastic. They're almost like George Carlin-ish jokes that people are doing, which would be like, you know, who would the president rather listen to, Tony Fauci or, or a Boy Scout, you know? Right. Well, you know, and then I, don't know, I guess the punchline from your mom would be, well, it's hard to get the Boy Scout out of Mike Pence's trailer. You know, exactly. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so that but would see, be the politically incorrect thing. And you can do it. You can do that. And then. But see, I don't. At, I don't know if you can. And it goes back to this I frustration. I just did. You laughed. You both laughed. Other people might get mad because they think that the, that he's, uh, you know, he's the cat's meow. Yeah. Um, yeah. With mommy. He's the cat's nip. Yep. He's, he's catnip. <laughs> don't even get me started he's on the that. Tourist. Uh, <laughs> look at look at look at my friend Jim Gaffigan. Look at Jim. Look right. At well, this, that's uh, an ex- wonderful man. Wonderful yes. man. And um. I, I'm doing a scleroderma benefit because, you know, my sister passed right. from it. And I asking comedians to contribute. I emailed Jim. He just said, of course, um, he's going to make a, t- a, a, a tape for us when we do the virtual thing in October. Uh, and he's a guy that doesn't curse. No. And, he, the, and, the, and the, the, the cooker just boiled over. And you know what he did? Last week he went and did a show in a theater. Or not in a theater. In an outdoor space, sorry. And with... with with thousands it was a drive it was a drive-in i believe thank you thank you you're right and it was and some people are doing like out in rose bowl type places you know right which is so great again for a comedian because you say the joke by the time it hits the back and the laugh comes forward if you can even hear it you've already moved on and if it's a drive-in you're getting horns honked that's what right that's what they're telling me i'm thinking of doing it i'm not sure i did do stand-up once uh it was it was fine it was Tom Papa said, you're going to like this. It's in a studio. Everybody's, you know, been tested. We're all wearing masks. The audience will have 20 masks on, just 20 people. 400 people, 20 masks, just like America. No, so they shared was, them. Yeah, exactly. They actually all shared one. They were all one head behind one mask. Uh, right. I mean, 20. I got nothing. I, I'm happened, following you. Don't worry. I'm following was, the train of thought. But Jim Gaffigan. I love you. <laughs> you can. I'm following the train of thought to the, inev- yeah, to the inevitable punchline about share something that will end up having to do with sex. No, it won't. No? I swear. No, but then I had sex with them. But, um, exactly. I Without to, the mask. I wanted to get right to it. I wanted right. to, with no mask. Yeah. No mask. But what happened was, uh, it was Bareback has a audience. whole new meaning. <laughs> <laughs> 20 people in an audience and, um, and I was injecting Clorox into them and, uh, and spraying like, Windex in their yeah. eyes. But they laughed and I got to hear them and they were 30 feet away. And so, but I, I won't be doing that a lot. I, I want to do some big ones. Maybe, I don't know. But the thing about Jim Gaffigan that I, 
he went and did it. And there were people that were Republicans, Democrats in his audience with no altercations because there's good people out there. There's good people that want to laugh. It's not all what we're being fed, which is sound bites of hatred. And we know where they're coming from and they're coming from a lot of places. I mean, they're coming from everywhere. Um, but I think what you're asking is Jim got attacked by the whole PC police at one point. And it, I think it's your point is he doesn't swear. He doesn't do anything yet. They came after him. It was, but it was his heart and he had to say what he felt, which is his truth. And that's why he's so wonderful. And that's why it's America. Cause you can say your truth. And if you say your truth on Twitter or on Facebook is what he did or after uh, his resolve and you say your truth and you're not hurting anyone and you're not driving by them to fight with them or you're not damaging people's lives or you're not killing people. That's how this country is supposed to be. It's supposed to be a discourse and it could be a lot of arguing, mm -hmm. but even the extremists, I believe we need to get in a room. There's gotta be a metal detector, but, but we've <laughs> got to get everybody to somehow do what, it's designed to do and we are not there because we are in a in a hate fest and i will say a friend of mine and and it's mike binder um who i've known since he's 17 and he's actually directing a a, a documentary on the comedy store he's editing it right now with mm -hmm. all the comedians that came out of there and i was one of the early ones not early early but after mid early Letterman, yeah. michael keaton and richard was already with the star of the place and and robin and and so he, he said to me the other day, God, it takes me a long time to make a sentence. Sorry. Um, it's okay. He, he, I said, you know, this person's not responding to me. I love this person. Why are they not responding? And he goes, Bob, go to where the love is. And it was just like, well, that's, that's pretty, that's a pretty easy one. If you can, if you can do it, you know, if, if you have friends, if, you if you're, but, but then no matter what, if you're not getting love from someone, you can still explain yourself, but then why dwell on it? Right. Why, why go after someone who's not giving you love back, who doesn't want to receive or give? It's, it's, there's no need. And you don't have to give them hatred. You don't have to wish harm. That's, that's what we're doing. We're sitting and yelling at the news. So we need comedy. Bad. Bad. But, you know, I, I was thinking about this a lot is, you know, Again, it's this sort of that I'm always thinking about and feeling is this sort of fear, but we never would have had, you know, you couldn't have a Richard Pryor today. You could not have a George Carlin. You I could think not you could. How? Because they were so well, on the edge and everyone's talking about coming from your truth and this and then the other, but we're not even, we're not even allowed to laugh at ourselves. But Melissa, if you look at even, sorry, I'm on TikTok, but if you look at the clips that are running on Instagram, TikTok of George Carlin, not one word has changed. Nothing has changed. If you watch, I watched a clip of Chris Rock from 2004 last night, and it was eloquent. He said, um, I'm going to paraphrase it so badly. He said, Republicans are idiots. Democrats are idiots. Liberals are idiots. Conservatives are idiots. The left mm -hmm. is an idiot. The right mm -hmm. is an idiot. No one should be telling you what you think. You need to make your decision yourself. You are the one that has to decide what to think. He said it much better than that. And then he ended with something very, very funny, which is the brilliance of Chris Rock. Yeah. But he's right. People are watching these clubs, this brainwashing shit going on. And people are not able to 
just let the air out and just go, how's it going? You know, and then someone goes, well, I mean, that's why I call people on my podcast because people go, I don't know, my wife and I are going to kill each other. I went, well, make sure you take her down to the basement, you know, or, <laughs> you know. You know, You're just you, make, you, my friend, are keeping it real, as they say. You're keeping it real. And and I but mean, you but that what else can you do right now? I just going back to what you were saying, I think the thinkers will be able to see through the bullshit, or at least that's what we're hoping with all the rhetoric that's out there. It's insane how di- you know divisive the messages from one side in the wherever. We've got to meet when, in the middle somewhere. But years ago, uh, the millennials, Gen X, wouldn't know uh, the, the, uh, the uh, what was the thing? The, the worst tabloid in the world. The uh, National Enquirer. Or the Star or whatever they were. I think that's a real magazine now. But the National Enquirer was something where, you know, Bat Boy eat people. It turns out, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then and then it would, it would say stuff that you just couldn't believe because it was conspiracy theory crap. Mm-hmm. And this is being given credence. I just looked at a blank TV screen. <laughs> this is this is this is given credence uh, yeah. from the, from the president to say I heard this. You know, I don't know, but I heard this. That what what did you you're supporting someone who thinks that the these people in this the pizza party parlor, yeah, or the eat, people eat, in the pizza parlor was really the front. Yeah, was really uh, the front I mean, for a trafficking ring. I mean, what are we talking about? We're talking about mentally ill people. We're talking about people that need to get medical help or this, I don't want to hear from them. And I'm, right. t- I, I'm frankly tired of the lies. So for me, when I'm saying, and it got to me a couple of days ago, but when I'm saying, I really love to laugh. So there's this new show uh, that stars Jason Sudeikis. And uh, it, it, he created it as a character for NBC Sports that he was doing as a bit years ago. And it's called Ted Lasso. And it's amazing. It's on Apple TV. And my wife, Kelly, and I were watching it. We can't stop. And I, I can't wait till Friday for the new episode. He, he's so wonderful and such a great character and so positive, no matter what. And those are the kind of people that we need in this world. You know, people without any agenda, people that just love people, believe in bringing people up, people that don't see, I mean, how, that don't see race, that don't see I don't, I don't understand how people, I don't understand the world. So you get real sad. That's the thing about comedians too, is we're very sensitive. I mean, your mom would be very sad over what's going on. Very, in the world right now. very, you know, you mentioned your, your special that you had already taped and you now go back and look at it and say, Oh I no, I, I did. No, I did. I didn't tape it. I, okay. I was out. I, I I was out doing a new hour and 15, 20 minutes and ready to do a special. And then one, and I was going to shoot it right around now, probably mm-hmm. if we hadn't had all this horribleness. And um, and I don't know in a year and two years when I do a new special if it'll have half of that information in it. So the, it'll have some new songs. I do songs in my yeah. stand up. So. But the question is this: it has this new level, and I understand what you're saying about being sensitive and all that, but has it? taken its I think it's taken its toll on comedy I think we've forgotten how to laugh my mom always said you could solve the problems of the Middle East you put an Israeli in a room you put a Palestinian in the room and you know one makes a joke about I can sell you bacon wholesale and the other one makes a joke about you know the Jewish dilemma the Jewish dilemma you know and you and the thing is 
like like we always well the problem is anti-semitism is running rampant so running rampant but but i was gonna say the thing is you can dislike you can disagree with someone but once you laugh with them you can't hate them no it's disarming you can say i can't i can't stand this person yeah Rodney was a friend of mine, a co-patriot of your mom's for years. Um, they came up together, um, right? Yeah. And and he used to say that doing stand-up is, is like uh, being a Jewish person trying to get out of Nazi Germany, and you do six minutes for the border guard. Yeah. And if you're funny, he, he doesn't shoot you. <laughs> well, I mean, my so, mom made I mean, endless Holocaust jokes. Endless. Yes. But you know what? I loved the team. Like when I would go with Joan, when she was doing stand up, Rickles would be there. Right. And he was a hoot. He was a hoot. So I would walk in the room and his way of showing me love is he would say, who let you in here? Because that was of his era in the context. And just me knowing that there it wasn't any ill intention with that. You know, it was just he was making a sick joke over what segregation was. Right. And right. But it had so many levels to it. People now wouldn't understand. I totally it. wouldn't understand, would be so offended. And then I would go over him and just kiss him in the lips. And that would just send him shivering. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he loved it. He yeah. loved, and he's a he's a man. If you ever anybody uh-huh. wants to Google Don Rickles uh-huh. when Denzel was on, Denzel was on. The Tonight Letterman. Show. Oh, Letterman. Okay. Letter, Letterman. And Denzel did his three segments. And then Don, I talked to him after it. He did three segments. And Denzel insisted on staying there to watch Don because he, he got it and he loved it. And, and, and Don said, can you believe it? The best actor in the world wanted to stay with me and, and stay with me on the panel. Can you believe that? So that's the real Don. That's, that's the real he, Don. I, I can't believe that. And you watch that and Denzel's doing all, Don's doing all those jokes to Denzel that couldn't be more wrong, couldn't be more inappropriate, bringing up a time that was not a good time in the world. But that's not where Denzel took it from. You know, for Don to say to Denzel, uh, get my car, uh, and then Denzel to be crying, laughing, because he knows who he is, right. Denzel. Mm-hmm. And he he is one of the greatest. I mean, there would be no acting, and mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. some levels right. from what he has reached. And how long did it take after Sidney Poitier, who was also a friend of Don Rickles, to to get to the place? I mean, it, the world has to reboot, and it has to do these things. And it's not just in the United States, but we are uh-huh. we're pretty disgraceful right now, and we need I- to we need to. Uh, it's not make America great again. It's just make us America, make us the United States. United is the key. Yeah. But do you think that's where we've lost laughter? Do you think that's where we've lost humor? I think there's such fear of the cancel culture, such fear of the politically correct. One of the things we've also, we talked to Mark Cherry about was these writers and these showrunners who are now, you know, do you can't, everyone wants to buy something, but the networks are being so careful. There is so much censorship. Well, it's very hard also to buy something because of, you can't film it, you know, very rare. Can you get something done? Right. But even before that, when we started with this whole cancel culture, it became very oppressive that every joke is so overthought. And I think, 
you know, I know with my mom and I, I'm sure with you, because you do come out of the stand-up world, you, is this fear that you can't just let it fly? I was watching some clips on, on Robin Williams. He does things that ne- would be, he would be taken down for now. And as much as we talk about it coming from an honest place and a good place, I do you feel that the hypersensitivity is is squashing creativity in a comedic sense? Yeah, I, I liken it to a, a exponential version of McCarthyism. Right. So during that time, I don't know how much comedy there was. Lenny Bruce came out of that, you know, yeah. and he, he came back firing hard mm. and ended up going to jail with his obsessions and and his his own conspiracy theories, which weren't conspiracy theories. It was how right. he was, and he he had his own issues and genius. But yeah, we are we are in a in a in a horrific time that we will get out of. We will get out of it. People will get tired of it, and people will joke about it. Do they make World War Two jokes? No. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we we you know some people make Nazi jokes if they're Nazis. You know, they enjoy that. But uh, <laughs> do you? Must sit around. I don't know what jokes they do. I, I don't want to know. Do you? Do you make your wife laugh? You just said that you guys watch something. Do you just have her in stitches? Because I love a funny man. That's real sweet. Am I on a dating show? You are. This is. <laughs> <laughs> I I do sometimes, but I've been so. I've been I've been kind of upset lately, so I've been trying to do things that don't make me as upset. But but it, this has all been affecting me, and I think a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yes, I do. And it sometimes it's just absolute nonsense. The stuff that makes her laugh is me doing weird voices or just weird funny stuff, or she does voices, or we look at her niece in video. It's things that take you out of all this stuff. You've really, you've really been tackling sort of, and I, all these sort of new platforms, you know, I I follow you on Instagram and you're always doing light, silly, funny things. Is that how you're getting through this? Is this, is, is this how you're laughing? Are you, are you doing things that just make you laugh? Both, but it really is. It's the most, I think it's the most selfless and the most understanding of why I'm a comedian than I've ever been in my whole life, for sure. Because I started because I had no choice. I was 17. I became a stand-up. I, I Your parents became, must have been uh, thrilled. They they were. Really? I, I was a film. I made films since I was nine years old. I had I moved a lot. I didn't have a lot of friends. And then I went to film school and I won the student Oscar for a wow. documentary I made. See and now who knew? LA. Uh, my mother did. My <laughs> mother thought I was something you know you know a, a jewish guy's mother you yeah. know and she thinks i'm i'm jesus and so um which is a I whole series of jokes to run down well, you can one piece of fish i can feed 12 but right. um none of those jokes are good <laughs> are wonder, you can't good. do any you can't do anything. you can't do any and i'm thinking of one that no. i just read the other night about you know 32 and still lived with his parents there's there's you know the mind just goes. Right. Right. Uh, um, yeah, that would be that. That's that's basically Anthony Perkins in Psycho. I think. <laughs> <at that point. laughs> but but the truth of it is, I do post these things that are silly and I want to be part of the. Dare I say the word herd, but I, I want to be part of the culture and make people laugh. And they go like, well, what's wrong with or, or I like to like jolt people. People go, why is Bob Saget doing that Taylor Swift song on TikTok? What's wrong with him? And it's like, I don't know. Harry Mandel and I 
talk to each other. And he says, just do it, have fun. And I like to be silly. So, and right now I'm in a more joyous mode than I've ever been in. I'm not just the guy on stage saying snarky stuff. I don't really respond well to, because we're in a generation now where people will go, you'll say, have a nice day. And they go, no, you have a nice day. It's like, what? <laughs> wow. Why are you mad at me? You look great. No, you look great. <laughs> what do you mean me. by that? That I looked bad yesterday? Right, right. I mean, I've but, been watching. Um, oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. No. You go ahead. I've been watching a lot of my favorite movies. And, you know, Animal House. Uh, uh, you know, obviously, what we were talking about earlier with Mark Cherry, Blazing Saddles, Some Like It Hot. Movies that, you know, you couldn't make Airplane today. No. You you could make Airplane, I think. You would just have to be a little more. I mean, I think you could. That's a thousand jokes. That's what they did. The original. Yeah. I mean, you could. You, you know what? get on an airplane. That's, <laughs> that's true. You know what? Different. It becomes a horror film. So what would have to happen is Dave Chappelle would have to do Airplane as a skit on his show. And then we'd, we'd accept it then. And he doesn't want to do that because he's found his drum. So, you know, yeah. he, he, he's not going to go do that. And he didn't. He likes acting but doesn't love it and he's such a strong voice of our world of our of our culture right now and i do you do you miss the those kinds of movies though because they were they were hilarious and that's when i keep thinking about you know i've shown all these movies to my son my son loves animal house he even has the sweatshirt that just says college you can't make it today and it really shows honestly it shows bullying it shows how this frat is. It's what's good about it is they have, spoiler alert, they have their comeuppance, but it has a, there's a strong Me Too problem in it. Real it's strong. Huge. I mean, so, yeah, huge. I mean, there's bare breasts and, and Bellucci's winking at the camera. And oh, like, and, and just bouncing <laughs> ones for no reason. Well, you know. You know well, there was a I, reason. I'm, I'm, a, I'm fine with gravity, but um, <laughs> I just, um, I, I know that Blazing Saddles, I, I actually had a conversation with Mel Brooks about it. Uh, what was his feeling? Was, uh, well, they, that they want, he wanted to do it as a, a Broadway show. They wanted, but they said, we can't do it. We just can't do it. And you know what? The premise of it is actually not racist at all. It's the opposite. But people don't get that because, you know, of of the tone of it. It comes off as racist to many too many and the jerk for example which is a, a, an amazing film that carl reiner god bless couldn't, him made. couldn't make it now and, well because it's based on the fact that he was steve martin's character was raised by a black family right and they were his family mm-hmm. and so when you offend and and use that word and he took offense to it that's what the studio fought carl reiner on and steve and carl fought for that and at the time it was it was helping. It was it was it was actually defending. But now things change in tone, and and there 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 are hurt people, and there are people that are hurt by words. I was hurt by words as a kid. So it's you know, it's just um, it's a it's a time where I think we're we're going to be healthier for it. I think and- when you get through a virus uh, in every way, we have a perfect storm of a perfect virus with a perfect cheerleader that promotes hate mm-hmm. um, rather than saying, hey, don't hurt other people. That, my, hey, my team, don't hurt the other team. Let's just get through this. That would, 
he'd win the election if he did that. I right. mean, he, he'd actually win the election, but yeah. he's not. He's just going, no, uh, you can, you go there and you stand your ground. It's okay if you have a machine gun and you're 12. That's fine. Yeah, that that's been a real. Notice happy I made him moment. John. I made him John Wayne. That's my. Impression. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Yes, you, made you him did. John Wayne, but there's a whole connection there. That's a whole separate podcast. Are we going to be able to find the ability to truly hold up the mirror to society and laugh again? Society, much of society, from what we can see right now, is not able to be self-reflective. They're not able to own their stuff. So for those people, they will find laughter. Everybody who is full of hate right now will find laughter, except those that are down the abyss and they can't, or the tragedy is so strong that they can't. But my job is to try to find a way to help them laugh if I can. And when it's time, and it takes time, to, to mourning takes time, and Hatred takes time. You got to dissipate hatred. You can't just do it overnight. And the kind of hatred that's out there right now, the only thing that would make people laugh comes out of ego and a hatred kind of comedy. And that's not where we are. We're going to see a lot of amazing art come out of this. A lot of things in movies and television and in stand up eventually when live is allowed and in theater when Broadway's allowed. We're a long way away. But when we get there, it's going to be real creative. I mean, think about what happened after the Vietnam War. It was incredibly creative. Um, you know, I, I I truly have to be an optimistic about, optimistic and think that we're going to, when we come through this, we'll be able to have the gift of laughter again. We can have it now. People are laughing now. Not just people in, in a pool in Miami on Coke with no masks. Not just those people. But they're having fun for the minutes before they get the disease. Oh my God, I can't believe I got the disease. Can you believe that? I don't know how. How'd that happen? All the college kids, yeah. you know, drinking out of the same, you know, doing keg stands out of the same keg. I want to do a line out of your nose. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. Um, I love you. Oh, the, the lines for Coke are so long. <laughs> <laughs> I had to wait 20 feet uh, to get up to the coke line. Yeah, six. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say there's something with you know social distancing, passing the mirror, coke. Yeah, there's there's a lot there. Bob, so, I yes, love we you. We will be able to look. I love you too, Melissa. Mm -hmm. And I'm you, so you are you a both. wonderful light. You, you are, really are. You've, you've actually given me given me hope. <laughs>